Hello, everyone. Welcome to another coffee chat session from my YouTube channel, Data Science with Sam. After a brief pause, I'm bringing another interesting talk that's kind of oriented towards uh, the field of cybersecurity and how data science could help alleviating some of the risk management practices going on in that area. So today I joined by an uh, interesting guest from New Jersey, Benjamin Lerser. Hi, Benjamin, uh, welcome to my show. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for joining. So Ben, uh, just for my viewers benefit, could you please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, I'm currently a data science manager with Verizon, which is, uh, if you're not from America, it's a large telecom company. We're probably one of the biggest networks in the country. Uh, I'm currently working under under the CISO, which is the Cyber Information Security Office. And uh, but as you imagine, we're a very large organization. So I actually work just in what's called the consumer group. So I'm concerned with any cyber threats that affect our customers or our consume, not, not our business customers, but like, you know, if you, if you, our Fios customers, our phone customers, any kind of attacks that may happen to your accounts, we're, that's what we go after with cybersecurity. Um, I currently used to work in risk management with Verizon. I got shifted over here. And I've also, in my past, I've worked in healthcare and finance. I've done like some financial planning, all, all within the, the spectrum of data analysis and data science. I, I've got a PhD in decision science, which I think translates really well into the field of cybersecurity with data science, because uh, with decision science, those aren't familiar. It's, it's a branch of behavioral economics. So we actually study, you know, things like, you know, how the neurons work in the brain, your reward centers, why people make decisions they do. And by studying this, you can also try to figure out what motivations a cyber criminal may have to come after you. So it's, it's this, I think it's kind of, you know, because data science is such a big field. I mean, there, there's people who are just these pure theoretical mathematicians who do things like, you know, they're the ones that are building those facial recognition systems and the auto driving cars. And then you've got the data scientists who are just the financial wizards who go through and they, they do stuff in Wall Street. Then you've got the advertisers. Yeah. And what I do, which is like I say, is decisions, really trying to look at why people think the way they do and how we can, how I can put that into a mathematical formula how I can put human thought into math, which is kind of really cool. That's great. Fascinating to know. And especially, uh, you know, the rise of uh, the deep learning and the research been going on in that area that we are still trying to figure out how we can, I mean, mimic a system of just model after human brain, right? And yeah. the kind of the research <clears throat> uh, you did in your PhD career and also that something you're trying to carry forward in your professional field is very fascinating because that's the way I think that's towards I mean, our future is uh, lies within that particular innovation, innovative areas that how quickly we can uh, try to find out that how human brain works and maybe we can try to model our system in that way. So maybe that will safeguard our system from, you know, outsider's threat or any sort of like, uh, you know, I help we would get in the fraud analytics area. So that's kind of like literally uh, take me to the first question for today's coffee chat session. Uh, so in your opinion, what's the significance of data science in managing risk in cybersecurity area? You already touched upon that a little bit in your intro, but could you please elaborate more on that? All right. So data science covers a lot of fields within cyber that, you know, it, it, we can go, we look, at, we look at the obvious where we can, once we have a known data set, like we keep in Verizon, if, you, if you've hit us, for your IP, you know, we track everything you hit us with. So we have known data sets of bad actors. 
you know, we can build a model that sits there and, you know, and we've built them that when you come on, if you call us, we, we know you're, you're a possible threat. So the, it lights up and that, that's your standard class fire models we build, you know, which again, Hey man, the simple models, if they work, they work. Uh, a lot of other stuff we, I, I really think is interesting. We do is a lot in the field of simulation modeling. So because cyber threat, I mean, let's be honest, we, we, you can't stop every single one. You're never going to, there's just too much of it. So what you want to do is you want to put your money where your where the biggest damage will come from the big operators and things. So we do a lot of simulation modeling. You know, we build models that go out and simulate what an attack would be and what effect it would have across our networks and that kind of thing. And in that, in, in, in there, we, we not only, you know, it's like a war game almost, you know, when I come from the military, that's where you pray, you know, prepare for the attacks, but also we, we find, uh, we find vulnerabilities that way within our simulations we build, we feel like, oh my God, we didn't know that like simple things like, you know, somebody miscoded a, a page on, on our app, on one of our web apps. And you could, if you get, go directly to that page, you could bypass authentication, you know, and these are the kind of things we find in simulation as we, Basically, we, we write bots and simulation programs that go out there and try to beat down our doors to see if they can any way you could possibly get into authentication measures. And I, it's, it's using these tools basically to hit things that you could, you, how many humans you'd need to run this all the time. And you can just rerun the system simulation over and over again, get good ideas of what's going on, you know, and then in a lot of the other stuff we work on, we do things like, uh, natural language processing so what you know when you call us you know or any company just keep in mind you're 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 being recorded they tell you you're being recorded if you call for tech support and we actually take your recording and we have a text-to-speech translator and that all gets saved up in a hadoop cluster and so we'll do is like we know bad guys call with scripts that's a standard you know social engineering is still the number one threat to cybersecurity. Exactly. Number one threat's a pissed off employee who's going to go in and, you know, wreck your stuff. The second is social engineering. And uh, people may not know this. There's actual call centers in places like in the old Eastern European bloc and Turkey and stuff. That's all they do. They call and they, they say, hey, I got Sam's here. Uh, Sam Day. Does he have an, I have an American Express. Oh, he doesn't have. Okay. I called. Oh, oh, Sam has a visa. Okay. Now we know. Bam. That's And they build these data sets. They sell them of all this information on people. So they call in with scripts and we know some of the scripts, but otherwise we don't. So we, we use some unsupervised modeling. So some unsupervised machine learning. For those who don't know that, that's where we're looking at data sets that, that aren't labeled. We don't know this is a bad actor. We don't know this person. We're just looking for patterns and clusters. We do a lot of clustering. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of clustering. And what we do there at that point is uh, we look for phrases that keep popping up. And we're like, hey, is this part of a script? Because we're seeing this run of words appearing as people call in at an abnormal rate. And we put that on our marks. So when you, know, when you call us, if certain things pop up, if we think you're suspicious, the, the person you're talking to on the phone from Verizon is going to get something on their screen to say, hey, this guy's, you know, but let's, you know, we have, so we have these things in place. And this is kind of the stuff we're doing and which data, data science allows us to do that. And it's just, and that's just the spectrum I work in because I, I, again, I work consumer. And so I'm, our, our big concern is people authenticating, people trying to fake your, your, your network to get a hold of, you know, either your account or get, you know, order stuff on your account. So authentication is our big concern. And so we're always looking for ways people are trying to go around our authentication system. So we, the simulation modeling, the NLP we're doing with just clustering and 
we just build out some basic classifiers. And honestly, for like, you know, bad guys, I've got good data sets. I'm going to be honest, a simple logistic regression sometimes hits, you know, 85% of them. So it's a good system. I mean, you yeah. don't even need, don't even need to go into deep learning at that point. I can build a quick model and it just goes and it's in production, you know. Especially as you mentioned that, you know, most of the cases, it's more of like an unsupervised learning because there is no specific pattern because you don't know how the hackers is going to like try to attack you, yeah. I mean, which particular pattern. So it's very difficult to <clears throat> simulate that using a supervised, but maybe sometime we get lucky, as you mentioned, like sometimes logistic regression model give you more than 85% accuracy, but sometimes that's not the case. So it's like, it seems like what I understand, it's like a continuously evolving uh, area where, you know, data science would have a lot of like implementation that area, but you, you literally have to like, you know, do a lot of trial and error approach to see which one will be more applicable, uh, you know, to find out a particular pattern in fraud analytics or try to see how you can go around those uh, threats. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, well, that's pretty much, yeah. That's part of the thing is that, you know, it's when we build a model that works and we catch something, we shut it down. We shut that door down. So that model is no longer needed anymore. We actually, we're obs that's one thing about us. We're kind of, we, 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 obs if we're doing good, our models don't live in production very long because we find the problem, we shut it down. So we have to build a new problem because we're always, again, we're dealing with human behavior here. So as we get smarter on what they're doing, they get smarter to hit us back. You know, it, that's true. That's true. So that's kind of like literally like <clears throat> dive me, uh, take me to the next question, which is kind of related to that. So, you know, like since you just already mentioned uh, about, you know, what kind of a model simulation, simulation or what kind of build model you build uh, in your cybersecurity area. So, so most of the time, what are all the challenges that you faced when you try to drive this kind of data science initiative to help alleviate uh, like fraud analytics or any risk management practice in area. So obviously the main challenges would be to find out the pattern, but what are all the, is like, do you have any problem with, uh, you know, collecting data or in any sort of like metric that you need to put together before you start building the model? Okay, so the two of the biggest things and is, is in, the number one, as you mentioned before, one of the biggest challenges again, everything, the human behavior causes changes to it. So we're always trying to figure out what the next guy's going to do. But the, the one I want to talk about first is the internal problem. I'm a data scientist brought into cybersecurity. So the cyber guys didn't, you know, I wasn't, let's say, openly armed, embraced by everybody as I came in because I didn't come up through cybersecurity. You know, I'm a data scientist. So I came in. And, you know, when people have been doing something long enough, they have these heuristics in their head. You know, it's these guys, you know, I'm sure when a cop goes to investigate a murder scene, he's got his checklist in his head. These are the steps he's going to follow. And, you know, these heuristic ideas of, well, if we do this, I guarantee we'll catch 80% of these people. So when I come in and basically say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm been digging around in your model. I've been digging around in your data and I'm finding these weird, like, you know, collections of terms people are using i think this might be uh, a scripted attack sometimes they don't you know like oh no we know about those scripted attacks that's not one of them you know it's it's, it's oh, we got, I had this almost immediate shutdown until we got a couple of successes under our belts and really kind of hit it uh ooh, lost my train of thought there for a second but okay so we got the dealing with dealing with the fact that like as again as an outsider i'm you know, trying to get them to say, Hey, listen, I have some, I know I'm not a, I'm not a trained cybersecurity specialist. 
I'm learning as I go, but I do have some other tools that you guys don't have that we, you can use, you know, and I'm not trying to, and the, one of the hardest things is with dealing with data is coming in and telling the story and walking that line between saying, Hey, listen, you guys aren't doing this right. Cause I found in the data, what you're doing is wrong. But trying to say that to them in a nice way. So they don't get upset. They don't feel like I'm coming in and tell them they don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't have to do their job because I found this problem. And the other problem I find is because these are security people, Security people are infamously tight-fisted with their data sets. So even though I work in the CISO, getting access to certain data sets, it's like I've, I have to like literally get a VP or, an, or a senior vice president to come down and say, give them the access because they'll just automatically denied access to like most of our Splunk channels. And, and you know, and, and in all fairness, I should, you know, we, we can't really open stuff up. It's a good security practice not to give out data to everybody because, you know, Verizon, we have some government contracts and businesses. We don't want anybody digging around in there. But yes, yeah, so that's one of the biggest challenges I found as a data scientist going into cybersecurity is that as a data scientist, I want to just look into your data pipelines and just, you know, give me everything. Give me the Splunk feeds. Let me just dig through. I'll find they don't know. It's it's almost like a re university research. I have to come up with a use case first. And say, this is what I'm going to be looking for. This, these are the parameters I'm going to operate within. I will not look at anything outside of this. Can I now have access to this certain data set? To, I mean, I have to write up use cases to get access to certain data, which, you know, and again, my CISO best practice group, and obviously yeah, it's best practice. I work for legal and CISO. We actually work under legal is our, who we work under. So I deal with a lot of lawyers. So that I think is one of the biggest challenges. It's just, a, it's a mindset change coming from, you know, when I was working in finance, they didn't care what I was looking. They wanted me, they loved it when I went fishing and found weird stuff because I would always save them money, you know, but cyber, and that's the other part of being in cyber is, you know, unlike a finance where I can build a model in finance and I can come back and I can tell you, hey, listen, this model saves us $14,000 a month, or I've written a bot that saves us 80 work hours a week. You know, they're, 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 I can financially quantify my job. Quantify. Cyber, you can't really quantify because if we're doing a good job, no, nothing happens. You never know that uh, the model you built will be sustainable in future. Yes. Because, uh, yeah. It's a very evolving world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so if I understand correctly, so it's like your daily challenge. It's kind of more mainly to gain access to the data and especially dealing with the cybersecurity expert, which is we're kind of like a subject matter expert in that area. So you literally have to have that, you know, continuous collaboration with them on a day-to-day -day basis, just to understand and the meaning of the data, maybe, you know, helping them out, simplifying their process of, detect, you, know, you know, spam detection or fraud, you know, analytics. And, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that, that really makes sense because, you know, that's where I, I believe data science would come really handy because uh, as a data scientist, we can't expect that we know all kind of business, right? But we can definitely make our subject matters life easier by implementing a certain technique or modeling practices. So, so I, I, I totally relate to that, uh, even some of the work experiences I had in the financial services. So, so thanks uh, Ben for you know, sharing your experience with us. <clears throat> so that's kind of like, you know, take me to the last question for this talk. Um, so, so now you mentioned about that, you know, the, you know, you've been doing a lot of data science, uh, machine learning work in the cybersecurity world, world. So what do you think that what's, what's the future lies about uh, taking this, uh, you know, implementation of AI and data science to a next advanced level in the cybersecurity area? Like, is it like, uh, can we envision a future where uh, we would actually have less human intervention 
uh, in terms of you know detecting frauds or cybersecurity threats from a pipeline, uh, we basically we will make a model or AI bot to do that for us. So do you envision that way? You know, that's where actually our future is heading now. Uh, one of the things that I envision is not a good thing. Is that as as AI as we've seen it, you know, deep fakes and these other things that are getting so good and they're they're not and you don't you don't need a supercomputer to get these now this stuff you know anybody the, the codes out there anybody can do it you can make it i can make a deep fake video of you saying whatever i want you to say and it'll look like you're doing it uh i think as that you know as the ability to cloak an identity in such a realistic thing is gonna make a challenge for identification just in and that's the ai on the bad side what it's going to do and it's going to become an actual bigger, more dangerous. Th I think this at one point it'll be more dangerous than social engineering. Because the whole point of social engineering is trying to fake pretend like you're somebody else. <laughs> if I can, if I can make you look like somebody else and talk like somebody else, my God, that's really faking that you're somebody else. I mean, it'll get more attention for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to get a lot of data science. Is I think is going to be moved towards picking apart things like voice vocal patterns. Uh, picking apart things like, uh, you know, looking at videos and, you know, facial recognition, say, you know, this, something's not right. This might be a deep fake. Because I know I've seen where they can actually scan across these deep fakes and, you know, a good AI system can say, no, this isn't real, you know. And I think that we're going to have to be keep building more and more of those to keep building the better bots to uh, attack, you know, like I say, again, when we're dealing with people who are motivated to attack us, we have to deal with new ways to overcome what they're doing. And a lot of these people who are attacking us, th these are state actors. I mean, there's countries like North Korea and China that mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're smartest kids coming out of their universities are getting sucked and recruited into doing this, becoming, you know, uh, cyber criminals or whatever you want to call it. But uh, so that's my concern. That's why I view AI from the bad side coming in. It's going to make a lot more challenges. From the good side, though, is I'm seeing and reading about a lot of cool stuff out there. Like uh, I, I was reading, talking to somebody who's saying there's a, they're doing a, a study uh, with your vocal tone. So, you know, the classic I call up, oh, my God, my wife's in the hospital. I can't get into her phone. You know, can you, you know, give me the access, you know, you know, to cry me a river. But they're doing they're studying the vocal tone. So when I call do I really sound like somebody whose wife's in the hospital or am I just faking? Am I an actor just trying to, you know, lying? And that's an interesting thing because th those, those small tonalities you may not pick up as a human, but if we can say, Hey, this guy does not sound in distress. That's the, the, his, his vocal tone does not match the words he's saying. And that's, I think is some really cool stuff. And if you can get it into streamlined into a pipeline, that's going to change those kind of things. We can do that. If we can do it with voice, then we can do it with facial behavior, those kind of things. I think the facial recognition, that's one thing. It's going to help detect liars. True. You know, you know, I mean, they, I mean, we all know the, the lie detector test isn't yeah. real. It doesn't work. You know, yeah, it can prevent those uh, scam call crimes, right? You know, it's been going on everywhere, yeah. especially uh, when it comes to like elderly abuse, like, you know, a lot of senior citizens get actually, you know, manhandled by, uh, fake calls that people calling them from different financial advisor pretend that they're a financial advisor to just to scam them and take up money right so yeah that'll definitely help like our elderly citizen i know senior citizen i guess to just to yep. you know identify those fake calls yeah and, and another 
the fake calls, they all, and the fake calls, the fake texts, all these spam things, they, they, they mostly want to lead you to a website True. that True. collects your credentials. And that's one of the things we're doing now is we, uh, we go through and we, we, we scan for any new uh, domain that's been registered that might have something that looks like Verizon it. And we look through them and we, you know, I, I've got bots I run that, that look through, look for, does it look like a Verizon site? Is it asking for an email as a, for a password? And I, as, as the AI gets better, as we get, you know, better systems, it'll be able to pick apart. I mean, cause right now I'm looking for specific words and boxes and phrases. I've seen it better with the, like the recognition systems where you can just say, Hey, is it look like I can make it? So, you know, just like when you're doing, Hey, is there any cats in this picture? Is there any of that kind of stuff? You know, but, you know, as that three, and the reason that that's a captcha, you know, the whole captcha thing where you got to, you know, click on all the boxes that have trucks or something. It's because AI is not really good at faking that right now. We're, it's really not, but it's getting better. And when you can start doing that, Yes, it's going to break the capture problem, but it's going to allow me to be able to just constantly have a bot that scans the internet looking for anything that stand anybody who stands up a fake looking Verizon site that's looking for our credentials. Because I mean, we get these blasts all the we get calls all the time. People, hey, I got this text message from somebody, and then we see the they have them send us. We see the link, and it takes into a site that looks just like our site, and it's asking for their username and login and stuff because they're trying to hit them. Uh, so. That I think is the is the visualization to be able to see the computer vision technology improves, which is getting better. It's getting very impressive, and I, I think I I think the autonomous driving is doing a lot to drive that because I think that's the whole. There's a there's a lot of money and a push for that in there. Uh, I, I that's going to be one of the big things too for us to be able to look and to help stop those scams because we can look for those types of things. You know, I, I still don't understand, and I've. I've never gotten a clear answer as to why we can't stop all the, the text scams that are so freaking obvious coming through us. I mean, the bad grammar alone, those are my favorite. I don't know how anybody responds to this one. It's like, I just got one, I got one the other day from Amazon, your Amazon account. It was spelled like, you know, A-M-A-Z-E-N account is being disabled. Click on this link. And the link was like, you know, somebody's email address. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know why we, I, but I don't deal with that end at work. So I don't, you know. And it's so clearly, far, it's not just a Verizon yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think it's a very universal uh, mobile network problem because so far, I think most of the, <clears throat> the network companies, they can only identify a call as a scam likely or not. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. they usually give you that uh, message. But I think we kind of like made a progress to at least only maybe just to build a logistic regression to uh, classify it as a not scam likely. So I think, yeah. uh, but I think still there are a lot of progress need to be made to make sure that those scam likely uh, calls can be filtered down to a granular level. So that will help user to understand whether they're gonna pick up the call or just, just gonna ignore it. So yeah, that's that's very fascinating. And you know, like, I feel like we are still like taking a baby step in that in this particular cybersecurity area. There's still a lot of things to be done as uh, hackers is not gonna stop. They're gonna always come up with innovative ideas and we need to make sure that our data scientists or our AI uh, <clears throat> engineers would come up with a better model, so it will safeguard our system. <clears throat> from so, just to wrap up this, uh, you know, this conversation, uh, do you have any advice, professional advice, for any junior data scientist or any AI engineer who'd like to, like, you know, get into that cybersecurity field or the kind of like work you've been doing for last few years? You know, based on that, you know, you'd like to share any advice with our junior data scientists or AI engineers. 
Yeah. Uh, I'd say the biggest things you want to do if you want to get into this is really start to work with unsupervised data, you know, start, start to focus on learning things like, I mean, real, you know, cause we, you want to work with NLP. You want to try to, you know, get your hands on some, at least like learn about some basic, you know, picture facial recognition, that kind of stuff. But it's really unstructured data is the majority of what we deal with. You know, I, I deal with a lot of sp Splunk logs. I mean, from the network side, you know, if you're watching weird network activity, uh, you're going to be dealing with in cyber, like I say it's social engineering. So you got to deal with what people are saying. You got to deal with weird emails, what these kind of things. And so it's, you, you want, I'm not saying don't focus or learn, you know, the, the, the classifiers, cause you know, we, I've used them too, but it's the main thing is to really become comfortable in the area of unsupervised learning, because that's the main thing. Cause what we're looking for, cause here's the truth. We know about these 10,000 attack vectors that are coming. We know they're there. We can put up walls. We can try to at least protect against them. What we don't know is what the new guy's going to do. And so that's what we're always looking for. You know, the old guy is to stop the, you know, zero day attack, stop it before it hits, you know, when the first you see this thing. So I would really start to focus on your unstructured learn, work, really get into NLP because that's really a world we're working on looking at the words people use and choice and the phrasing because that that can really help us with the social engineering and you know I, I would say you know if you haven't done it or haven't learned it you know great thing about the internet now is you don't have to go back to school you can learn stuff there T take some psychology some like look into like things like little behavioral economics a little psychology because that's one of the biggest things you got to think about is at the end of the day it's it's a group of bad operators in another part of the country or they could be in my own country attacking me and I'm trying to stop them, but we're, it's a chess game. We're trying to outthink each other. They're looking for holes. So you got to be in that mindset of, Hey, where, where can I find holes? L learn about simulation, learn about how to, you know, there's some, I hate to say the, 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 the book for dummies thing. There's, there's a great dummies for hacking. It's a great book. And it, it really, if you're not a cyber expert and you want to learn about just some fundamental ideas to, 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 to do penetration testing, to do kind of attacks, on a system to see if you can find weakness and flaws. That's a great primer book. I mean, it got me started. I read that book and I, I came up with like 20 programs that I sent off in, at work and just was like able to find, you know, holes in the system. It was really cool. I mean, just off that one stupid, you know, for a dummies book you can get. But it, it just, I'd say the mindset is to get into the, the mindset of you're, you're trying to stop another human being. You're trying to outsmart someone. And you're not always going to win. I mean, that's the truth. And it, it, there's a lot more losses than there are wins, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it, it's a great field to go into. It's your models are not going to live long. Like I said, if you do your job right, your models probably don't live in production very long. So if you're constant, if you're a guy who, if you probably a person who wants to produce, put a model in production and just keep fine tuning and retraining that model, maybe not the field for you. But if you like keep constantly building new models, new challenges, it's a great, interesting field to get into. And it's growing. and it's just like everything that bad happens, like with the pandemic, we got some new technology and medicine out of it. Uh, with this Ukrainian war, as horrible as that is, what's going on over there, that whole area was a big cyber actor. That whole Romania, that whole the old Eastern Bloc, and 
now Russia and I and we're seeing the attacks from China and Taiwan when they did the, the attack. I think this is finally waking the government and some con- and some companies up here that we need to start investing more money in cyber. Exactly. Yeah, because, because the current geopolitical scenario is I feel like a breeding ground for the hackers to easily penetrate a system. That's kind of like a, I guess. That, the- it's our biggest threat. I mean, look what happened to the pipeline when the Russians, the, our gas pipeline back in Georgia, like a year or two ago. I mean, yeah. that was for an entire week. The Atlanta didn't have gas. I mean, that 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 in America, you know. So here we are, United States of America, one of our biggest, one of a very important city. Oil producer. Gas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like all from a, a cyber attack. So I mean, th- th- this is very serious. These are. Uh, I think it's it's a great, interesting field to go into, and I think adding artificial intelligence and data science to it is we're adding another great tool to their toolbox. You know, it, it's just like you know once they figured out DNA testing for detectives. You know, DNA testing didn't suddenly allow detectives to point out I I, I found the murder. No, but it, it gave the detectives another tool. You know, so always. But I would say to everybody's keep in mind you're walking into their playground. You know, this is cyber. They own this land. So when you walk in, don't walk into like you're trying to, I'm going to tell you what to do. No, walk in saying, hey, I have some tools I think may help you. And we'll learn together and we'll, you know, play around with this. And it's kind of, it's, the cool thing is it's still a growing field. It's still not a fully matured field, I don't think, cyber, uh, as far as data science in cyber. So it's kind of still a tech, the technical wild west. You get to play experiment player. If you, if you really like experimentation and stuff, this is a great field to go into. Uh, but keep in mind, you're all, you know, these security people, they're, they're suspicious of all activity for a reason. That's what they're paid to be, you know? So you may not get the open arms embrace when you walk in, but eventually you, you'll win them over if you can show your usefulness. Yeah, that's a nice way you actually put it. And, and going back to the comments you made about, you know, just learning a little bit about the cybersecurity and the hacking things, right? It's, it's kind of like reminded me of that phrase that keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. So you got to actually understand the how a hacker's mindset work. You know, like if you think in their perspective, you'll be able to build a better model, which maybe safeguard against their actions. So yeah, that's, it's very informative. I mean, thanks, thanks, Ben, for sharing all these uh, information that uh, pretty nice uh, opinions about my viewers who would like to take into this cybersecurity field. Um, so that's all for now. So Ben, uh, do you have any question for me or anything you know you want to be interested to, or we can wrap up this call for now? Only I want to let people know is number one, from what I've learned in this, <laughs> turn on two-factor authentication whenever you can and change your passwords often. Don't leave them laying around because you it's you're not a matter if you're going to be a victim you will be a victim at some point it's just you know how soon and uh thanks a lot for having me here thank thanks ben thanks for your time and you know that's a great advice you shared with the, our, our viewers i'm pretty sure people would get uh, more interest uh, in cybersecurity field after listening to this talk and uh, so thank you ben thanks for your time and uh, maybe i'll talk to you next time for a next coffee chat series or something related to maybe deep fake or computer vision or something related to your area of expertise so thank Hi. you Cool. Thanks a lot.